Hello and welcome back to podcast number three. It's Craig McLean here for the Cairo London podcast and today we have Dr. Michael Lazio. And yes, I learned how to say his Italian last name finally five years after meeting him. That's Lazio. Uh, but look, he's one of our chiropractors in Tooting. He came from his native Italy to the UK when he was 18 to study chiropractic. A pretty big leap for a young man. But it's great to hear his story and how he became interested in chiropractic and uh, and how he's been working in Tooting for the last five years. Um, we get to hear about how he's passionate about health now he's recently into gymnastics um, and is quite the accomplished musician. But realistically, the best thing I loved uh, was hearing about how he's got this unique perspective in caring for people, which has really come to a front in this pandemic time. So I hope you enjoyed or enjoy this conversation I had with Michael. Thanks very much. Here he is. Hello. Michael, welcome. Nice to have me. Thank you very much. <laughs> hey, um, you're third on my list, and I think I'm almost beginning to know what to do. Fair enough. Let, let, let's, get, let, let, let's get to it then, you know. Uh, but now you've figured out the plan. Are you feeling confident? Always confident, you know. Got to fake it till you make it. So, uh, as I was rabbiting on before you joined, is that um, as of, well, recently, I think you've probably caught up with the fact that I turn all of these Instagram live things into a podcast, right? I have, yes. And um, it was a little bit more straightforward than I thought, the process of creating a podcast. Um, And, for example, when you, well, you just, you need a hosting site, um, to host the podcast, the recordings, okay, yeah. of which you just have to upload the stuff too. But um, you uh, you literally just have to sort of uh, list it up there. You nominate and ask to be on, for example, Apple iTunes, um, and within a couple of days they must someone, I don't know, I guess computer-generated robot assesses your podcast to make sure it seems genuine, and then within a couple of days you're you're up and running. So... Here the one-time are. technology actually makes it really easy, simple. Yeah. Anyway, so, um, but I'm also trying to um, do, I guess you would call this Series 1, if we're talking Game of Thrones style. Um, and the Series 1 is making my way through every chiropractor in the Cairo London group. Nice. So... Would you like to introduce yourself uh, as to who you are and what you do? Well, my name is Michael, um, or Michael Itzua for those that can, can say my last name. Otherwise, Let's, Michael will do. Uh, I was, I was going to include that in the whole thing anyway. <laughs> so let me interrupt you straight there because you know I've known you for about five years now. And every time yeah. I refer to your last name, I say something different. Can you give us the proper pronunciation of your last name uh, and combined with maybe a pronunciation idiot's guide for um, maybe an Australian um, tongue to pronounce? I think the problem is in the UK or in the English language, letters are pronounced differently. So like the E in my last name 
is set as an A on the continent. Okay. That's why if you think in your head, as like my last name is spelled Lima Echo Zulu Uniform Oscar. So it's Letsuo. But if you think about it as if you say Le, like Le Miserable, like Le, and then think about rather than a Z, a TS, and then it's your Letsuo. Letsuo. Did I say that right? That's it. That's it. Let's, there you go. Letsuo. I, I like that idea of the Le Mis bit and then... Uh, <clears throat> And then you can kind of expand from there. But so, or you just say to, like, or you just say, "Let's go," you know, "Let's," and then you just instead of the goal, say "You owe" at the end. That should work as well. Let's let's you owe. Um, did I say that right? It only took you five years to master it, but let's yeah, you're there. You yeah, my Italian uh, is not very good, as you well know. Um, That's all right. No trouble. Anyway, at all. sorry, I interrupted. Michael, carry on with uh, your, you know, the rest of your, what, what are you doing with us? What's, what's going on? I'm one of your chiropractors. I mean, I joined you guys in, well, actually, beginning of August, it's going to be five years. Yeah. You know, I mean, I cannot that I've believe kind of, that. I've kind of, uh, that I've gone. kind of been with you and like, I've been with you pretty much since, since Caroline started. Like it started with Brady, with Luke, and then um, we, like we chatted beforehand, even before you had Carol London. And then, um, I started chatting with Luke and it was kind of like watch this space and then eventually I just got an email from you guys and you're like, look, do you want to help us out? We're trying to do this. And I joined Brady in Tooting when it was basically still the old clinic before it was refurbished. Do you still remember those vertical drapes up and down then? Yep. I remember the drapes. I remember the old reception. I remember Barbara and the metal filing cabinets and... Everything. So, uh, for anyone who doesn't know, uh, Tooting Chiropractic, uh, I guess we are now calling it Cairo London Tooting, is, uh, was, was actually started in 99. Um, and, oh, a long time uh, ago, yes. Yeah, it had a couple of different uh, owners before um, we took it over. And, but effectively, I think it had always been, or certainly in, in recent times when we took it over, it had been sort of like a part-time clinic, hadn't it? Um, and yeah. uh, it kind of looked that way when you walked into it. And so we pumped a little bit of love into it. And, um, yeah, so we, we covered that a little bit with uh, Luke, actually, where he – he obviously, we took it over. Luke was in there for a few months, um, just sort of trying to kind of serve the people of Tooting. And then it wasn't long that we asked you to join in. Um, of exactly. Which, then you commuted, can you believe, from Suffolk, right? I did some long days then, yes. I was still working up in Suffolk and I worked. And yeah, I think for six months I worked six days a week. And with you guys, I started... Because I started at 7.30 in the morning, so I would get up at 4 o'clock, take the train down, work the whole day, finish at 7. By the time I was home, it was 11, half past 11, and then up the next day at 6 to work again. Like, it just sounds crazy, especially in these times, isn't it, where um, you wouldn't even think to sort of, well, do anything beyond ride a bike to work at the moment. But uh, anyway. Um, now, let's go back beyond that, though. Like, uh, talk to me about... Maybe so you grew up where and what sort of inspired you to take this path of coming to England to study chiropractic? So <clears throat> Probably like blissfully obliviousness. Um, so I grew up in Italy, uh, the north of Italy, 
for anyone who's good with geography up in the Alps, up where the Dolomites are, where people go to ski, like very, very picturesque, very a good place to be if you like skiing, if you like mountain hiking, if you like cycling in particular or motorbike riding because of the mountains and the roads. And it's, it's really pretty. Like we have from 37 to 42 degrees in summer to minus five, minus 10 and loads of snow in winter. So it's like the best of both worlds as such. So where do you fly into when you, you say normally get a flight? So it depends on what date I want to go. Because I tend to either fly to Innsbruck in Austria, because I'm so close to the border, oh, right. or, okay. or I fly to Verona in Italy, um, because both of them are mm. about an hour and a half away from where I live. So I'm right mm. in the middle. So you're only an hour and a half away from Innsbruck. That's amazing. Yeah, I'm an hour, an hour, 15, hour, 20 minutes. Then I'm in, mm. in Austria and then like another hour and a, hour and a half. And then I'm in Switzerland. Okay, so tell us um, about your, a bit about your family. Uh, you are a twin. I am a twin. I am. And... I'm, I'm, I'm the baby and I'm the bad twin, apparently. Um, because I left everyone. No, but like we're a big family. Like we're six all together. I've got two sisters that are 10 and 9 years older than me. And I've got a twin brother who's 10 minutes older than me. Okay. And so I'm literally the baby baby. And everybody is back home north of Italy. They're working, well, at the moment, isolating, but slowly going back to work. And I came to the UK um, initially to study and to figure this chiropractic thing out. And then I kind of stuck around a bit. Yeah, but hang on, go back a step. You just don't take that sort of fairly massive leap of leaving uh, your family in northern Italy to go to Bournemouth where the chiropractic college is without a reason. So what was the kind of reason behind it? Or, or uh, you, 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 don't, you, you don't and you do. Like, so I wanted to work in medicine and I had worked in a hospital. Um, so like any, any teenager, like at home, you would work over summers and we were always encouraged, encouraged to work and see different businesses, see different things. So you can kind of figure out what you might want to do or what you might not want to do. Um, and where we've come from is like, I've, I've always worked in the gastronomy side of things, you know, like waiting tables, running bars, all this and that to make money. Didn't want to have a career in it. And then I started working for an architect, liked the idea, didn't like the job. And then I was always interested in medicine, initially wanted to be a vet. Um, but you can't work at a vet unless you have some sort of training. So I did a practicum in a hospital and I worked Initially, I should have worked in A&E, but that didn't work out. So I worked on the geriatric ward for like three months. Didn't like it, not because I didn't like the work, but I didn't like the politics of how the hospitals were run as such. But I was still interested in medicine. And towards the end of high school, I still hadn't quite figured out which way to go. And kind of everyone knew that I kind of wanted to work in the medical field. And I was just like, look, worst case scenario, I just study medicine and figure it out as I go along. Long story short, my mom hurt her knee. She needed a surgery. And then a friend of my mom said, look, there's a lady. She does something. You might not need a surgery. I don't know what it is she does. Go and see her. Get a second opinion before you get cut open. And my mom went to see that lady, who is now our family chiropractor, and my mom just came back and she's like, right, I've seen your job. And that was wow. kind of like the, the beginning of 
everything as a sense piece. And I was like, cool, you've seen my job. I need to see my job. What is my job? <laughs> and I didn't see my job for a long time as such because I'd, I'd never had time to go and visit her, like how school worked and all this and that. So it was, it was coming into autumn and my mom forgot, I can't remember, I had the scarf, something there. And my chiropractor had to drive back home and it was like on the way home. She was like just taking it and dropping it off at our house. And I was very busy with playing instruments, being in orchestras. And I was basically leaving the house and she was just ringing the doorbell. So I met her in between doors and I was like, oh, who are you? And she said, oh, I'm the chiropractor. My name is Pamela. <clears throat> All this and that. And she was so happy and cheerful having worked a 12 hour day. I knew of the existence of her and I was like, I want to be like you. Pretty much that's what I said. And she was like, cool, if you want to be like me, we need to chat and you need to go to the UK. And I was like, okay, mm-hmm. I'll do it. So was she Italian or was she a Brit? Uh, she's German. She's from Northern German. Germany. Yeah, okay. Um, and then, Interesting. yeah, she, like, so I... So you did a little bit of observation, maybe you kind of got to know her clinic a little bit or not really? No. Yeah. Just sort I of took over, it. I, I, went, I went over to her flat one day and I was like, cool, I need to go to the UK. I don't understand anything. Like, I had English in high school, but you learn like, hello, how are you? I am fine. Thank you. You know, like the yeah. classic so do actually phrases. Learn anatomical phrases is a very different scenario. Well, I remember I read the whole thing. I didn't understand that the basic application process in the UK is such a different thing that you have to write a cover letter, you have to have uh, character references, you have to have a lot of different things. Whereas in Europe, if you want to go to university, you go to university, you don't have to pay student fees, you just go. You know, you fill out your own normal like as if you go anywhere as if you come to the clinic with an mm. initial consultation from you fill out just your personal details and then you're often good to go you know and so how, how old were you when you left italy um i was 18 18 19 yeah so it's pretty much straight from school sort of thing and then um yeah straight over first year and i guess it was lucky in the fact that it's like you know Anglo-European College of Chiropractic, meaning that there's a few other Europeans in the degree anyway, right? Um, yeah, uh, I didn't, the funny thing is I didn't care too much. Like, I didn't even know there's other colleges. I thought, yeah. like, when I came to the UK, <clears throat> I realized that there's actually other colleges. This whole chiropractic thing is a lot bigger than I thought it was. Uh, other, like, there is more than just me going there. Um, I had never been adjusted until I was in college. Also. Yeah. No, because uh, look, it's pretty common for chiropractors to sort of have a bit of a whale <clears throat> moment themselves to sort of go, well, you know, that inspired me to, to be a chiro. Um, but I was the same as you. I didn't really get adjusted until I was a student. Um, sort of, I guess, didn't feel the need for it at the time and then didn't really understand it until I probably got immersed in it. And um, there you go. Um, yeah. So how many years in Bournemouth? In Bournemouth, I lived for five years. So, like, I, I, so my dad used to be the principal of a high school back in Italy. And one of the teachers, she was from London. The English teacher was from London. Okay. And she had, friends in, she had friends in Bournemouth. And those friends take students for English courses. So, how it all went is I could stay with them because at the time there was no student housing. So, you would have to come and just rent an apartment. But since I can't just travel forth and back as I was sitting my exams, I was like, can I just stay with you for like a month, figure something out, work it from there. 
funny thing was is they were similar attitudes than my parents. Like we got on really well together. Um, so it turned out to be like, oh, can I stay till Christmas? Can I stay till the summer? In the end, I lived with them for five years. I called them now my English parents. They came to my graduation. They hang out with my parents all the time. So I've got two sets of parents as such. Wow, cool. And so look, you, I guess you, you, you did the standard chiropractic degree, five years down in Bournemouth. And then yeah. um, uh, did you, what were you doing before what were you doing in, in Suffolk? Remind me what was happening up there. Um, kind of like my first job. Like I came up to Suffolk to work as a chiropractor. Um, yeah. Like to work as a chiropractor for my feet, um, do a maternity cover. It turned out to be a maternity cover because my boss felt pregnant. They kind of planned to, to have another child, but she felt pregnant sooner than she wanted to. So within six, seven months, she was like, cool, I'm off. Do you mind managing the clinic? until I'm back again. So I managed the clinic, and then when she started coming back, that's when things fell into place, and then I started slowly working for you guys um, while I handed over in one place and stopped managing the clinic and, like, wound down on my clients. I kind of started amping up my work in Tooting and in London, and then when the time came a few months later, I moved to London. So tell me a little bit more about, like, obviously you kind of – I guess you were inspired by this Austrian lady to be a chiropractor, but as you went through, I guess you had to sort of find your own way. And, and some chiropractors come through chiro school and basically are very pain focused. Other people are very much health promotion focused. Um, where do you feel like you fit into that whole spectrum? Um, and tell me how you kind of maybe you've evolved over since graduating as well. Interesting. So I think you come, well, I came into it not knowing much about anything. Yeah. So I was happy, happy to absorb a bit like a sponge. And in the college, there was there was very mixed opinions. A lot of people always say that the college I studied at is very pain focused. I think they have to start at some point, but the tutors are not necessarily pain focused. So when I came out, I knew about the wellness side of it, and I very much appreciated it because by that point, like the conversation had changed like when I was talking to my chiropractor at home, when I was talking to my family and all this and that, it was very more, very much more wellness orientated. So I wanted to kind of work like that. Coming up to Suffolk, it is a bit like that, but you deal with farmers. (laughs) Yeah. So I, I like, I saw people from all sorts of different walks of life, but then the thing that I, I went into towards the end. So we had, we've, like I finished my degree in July or in June 2014. But before I finished that, like in February, I started studying until October. So an extra six months, something like that to become an animal chiropractor, which then came very nicely hand in hand with the move to Suffolk afterwards, because um, I lived in Ipswich and I worked in Sudbury and right in between is um, Newmarket. Newmarket is a big place for horses. Everybody up there has horses, has dogs, goes hacking, goes riding, um, all that sort of thing. So I spent a lot of time in stables adjusting people, dogs, horses, you name it. So hang on, you can sort of, in the last few months of chiropractic school in Bournemouth, you can sort of add on animal chiropractic to the sort of your understanding or how does that work? So I'm I'm a bit of a doer. So 
that animal course, they don't do it every year because it needs a certain number to get speakers in from America, get people in from Germany, because most of them are not English. I really wanted to do it. So I was in contact with those guys since my year three at university. And I was like, what do I need to do to get you to do this course? And they were like, cool, if you can get 15 chiropractors or people together who are willing to pay um, by this date, then we'll make it happen. So I started organizing two years before I graduated. And they allowed me and another girl from my year to do it as well because you have to be a certified chiropractor or vet before you sit, sit your final exams. Mm -hmm. But because we did like a nice little overlap, so we could do half of it while we were still studying and then the other half after we graduated. Yeah. Well, that's good. Thank you for that because I was on the list of things to sort of try and work out how you got into the animal side of things. And I guess not so many horses in tooting. Um, not many in tooting, no. Like most out in Surrey, Guildford, but do you still area. kind of dedicate your like a day a week or that sort of a thing to doing that or used to before the whole lockdown? Yeah. Um, I would say a day a bit more irregular than a day a week, but yes, I would mm -hmm. still do um, like my practice has changed a lot more from large animals to small animals when coming to London because it's a lot more handy for people to be like everybody in London has got a dog or two dogs and two cats and this and that and so on and so forth. There's yeah. not many people that keep a horse in the backyard. Yeah. And so you, they don't come to tooting or they do some come to tooting or how does that work? Uh, they don't come to tooting. I tend to go to people's houses at the moment. Um, yeah. I think it's also like a, a different way how we practice in, in our clinics that it's open plan. Whereas when I lived in Suffolk, it's, it was a bit easier on that hand because people would just come in with their three dogs as a call. Let's go into treatment room, close the door. Who wants to go first? Hmm. You, your son, your husband, all the four dogs, you know, and then we'd just do all of it in one wash kind of thing. We definitely need to get you sorted out in um, City Paws Club or that sort of a thing where you just take over the grooming salon for like a half a day a week or something. Hey? <laughs> That'd be good. Not for grooming, but for Cairo. Work. Um, okay. That's interesting. Um, and do you, like um, Cairo in general, now you're practicing, you know, you've got five years plus under your belt. Um, any particular things really kind of rock your boat uh, or sort of um, get you excited more than other stuff? See, I was thinking about this. Like I don't have, because I know like Amy is like an absolute master of the pregnant lady and the baby. She is just an absolute like brilliant at that sort of thing and things like that. I'm, I'm very much like whatever comes in through the door, I will see. I'm probably from my personal interest. I like people who do, do challenge their body as such, like with, like I do gymnastics. So like with things like that, when you go like, cool, let's, let's see how we can get you to do the split. So let's see how we can make this flick faster or things like that, you know, like, to, to polish a skill they have, but it doesn't necessarily need to be anything in particular as such. You know, like um, I've worked in, for the past year, for example, I've worked in the Q Clinic and I like working in, in different places in London because demographics change so drastically. And like over there is the college for music and stuff and things like that. I saw lots of musicians. Like I saw a violinist and she was like, look, I can't 
when I play very, very long, I get pins and needles on my fingers. So I, I don't feel the strings as, as well, as good yeah. as they can be, you know, and things yeah, like yeah. that. And it's like, cool, let's make that happen so you can play the concert. And I think that's, that, that's a really mm-hmm. amazing thing as such that you can just be like, doesn't matter where, where you're on the spectrum, we can kind of see if we can figure something out. Look, I think that's really cool that, um, you know, not, not everyone likes to hone to one particular, you know, um, offering, you know, and yeah. there are like thousands of spines out there, in, especially in London, especially at the moment, that are under a lot of stress and tension and need a lot of help, you know. Um, and, you know, it was Luke Brady, it was just uh, his sort of description of what chiropractic is, which is pretty much get the spine moving, Number one, keep and it keep moving. it moving. Number two, number two. <laughs> I think that, I think that I think that's why Luke and I like gelled so well um, initially when we first met. Because I, honestly, I didn't meet you. Like you kind of hired me, but I didn't meet you. Yeah. When when I, like we didn't meet for the first six months that I worked for you guys. Mm. Whereas I was constantly like hanging out with Luke Brady and stuff and things like that. We've got very similar philosophies, also like the way we work as such. Yeah. Just just resonated. Mm. So look, um, well, actually, let's go back to that. Uh, you mentioned the fact that you love to help people like, uh, you know, say, for example, if they're trying to do the splits in gymnastics or whatever. I believe that's one of your kind of passions outside of chiropractic. It is. Or Talk it to me become, about the old yes. gym journey. Uh, when did that start and how, you know, what's the deal? Uh, it's just one of my life goals, hashtag life goals. I don't know, like. The two things I really, well, three things I'd really like to do. One is I'd like to be able to do splits. Um, maybe just to prove a point that you can do it, if even if you're old and you don't have old, if you're old in gymnastic terms, you know, and you yeah. haven't done it since a kid, because most people are like, oh, yeah, I've done it since I'm two and stuff and things like that. Um, and then I'd like to, again, I'm, I'm impressed by, I think the one thing that drives me is anatomy. I'm impressed by anatomy and what the human body can do. And that's why, like, something as simple as if you go and see Cirque du Soleil or if you see someone, like, in a, in a circus or a street performer or someone do a handstand, it looks so simple. But in order for you to stand, like, properly straight, I've done it for, <laughs> I've done it for two and a half, three years now that I've, like, kind of, put some attention to it to like do handstands and stuff and things like that. I've managed a nice handstand with good form for 10 seconds the other week, you know, like three, four weeks ago. (laughs) Um, Because there's always something and like everybody's got their bits, but then you can, you can work at it. And like, I just find it fascinating when you can achieve that. Like if the mindset is right in the body, the mind, the body in, in unison and it just falls together. Because, you know, I sort of was one of my little things was in lockdown. Uh, I'm like, right, I'm going to learn how to do a handstand. I have seen and it. You've done it very quickly and then given up or what's happened? No, no. Well, so uh, I've obviously just stopped putting it on Instagram because I got a bit bored of everyone sort of posting their own, their own home workouts. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, fair enough, um, fair enough. Uh, but, um, no, I'm still kind of doing that little journey, you know, where it sort of didn't take too long to get to the point of, um, you know, doing the wall walk and then sort of like doing them up against the wall. But like you, I realized that it's a pretty tough skill. Um, and I've seen my daughter who's 10, um, 
literally spend 10 years trying to be upside down and trying to perfect the art of just sort of being in a handstand. And, you know, she still can't hold a handstand particularly sort of still for long, but she is quite good at walking on her hands to sort of try and yeah. rebalance things. Um, and I am so far from even wanting to do a handstand when there's no wall there, you know what I mean? It's just like there are so many other little steps to get to that point where then you can do that. And I'm still kind of developing that upper body strength to be able to do that, you know. Um, it doesn't need much upper body strength. It's control you need. That, that's yeah. the problem. It's a, bit like, it's a bit like if we dive into Dr. Amy's realm. If you think about a toddler, when they learn how to walk, you know, they haven't figured out where the center of gravity is. So they have like this funny drunk person walk initially. And they cling on to stuff and pull themselves up. Yeah. Now, what you expect yourself to do at any given point in life, if you say, look, like myself, you're 13, you're like, cool, I'm going to do Hanson now. For 30 years, your, body, your brain has been pulled, okay, your center of gravity is like this. And we feel through our feet and ankles. Now, suddenly, turn the whole thing upside down, your center of gravity changes, and your body goes like, what is happening here? Like, everything is weird. And you just, the more you do it, the more you practice the better it is, you know, like you don't have to do a massive session or spend hours and hours on it. Like I found in the lockdown, mine has improved a lot more because I've more religiously dedicated time to it that I said, Oh, cool. Every, every hour I'm going outside, I'm doing 10 minutes handstands. Mm. And just that it That's fires constantly, constantly the input, you know? I think it's like that, you know, that it's a good lesson, life lesson anyway, is that idea of like, you know, the amount of uh, effort you put into something, the, the amount of re return you'll get out of it, you know. And so I've gone from sort of basically through the whole last two months, I've only really been doing every other day some sort of inverted work, you know, and I don't yeah. think that's quite enough to actually really get progress, you know. Um, it isn't. I'm, you know. I'm, intrinsically, I'm intrinsically lazy, so I like to work smart, not hard, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, this is a great little metaphor, though, isn't it, for the Cairo world, hey? Because of, um, you know, uh, quite often you'll take on a project of someone who's a bit busted, a bit broken or whatever, and, um, yeah, so, you know, it takes time to get changed sometimes, you know. Um, repetition, oh, it takes time. time. It, it, it takes time to change, but it only needs like a little nudge every now and again, and your body, your body figures out the rest. Yeah. Metaphor. Great idea. <laughs> Love metaphors. Love them. They just make they just make life so much easier. So, uh, how far off the splits are you? Um, depends on left or right. So, on my front split, very close. On my right, like on my front split with my left leg, very close. On my right side, a little less so. Mm. But it's easier coming into summer because you get a bit more limber. Do you uh, <laughs> do you know Dazza very much, Daryl Lampin? Yeah, he does. Yeah, yeah. No, but uh, he's the. Have you met him much or not really? Yeah, yeah. I've worked with him. I've I've met him. Was that in two D? Q, of enrichment. He gets around, doesn't he? Anyway, uh, yeah, because he was talking. I was with on the CA chat the other day, and uh, he was talking about how in fact he's been working hard on it during this time. So, um, so uh, yeah. Anything else outside of um, gymnastics? Mus musician. What do you play? Well, my claim to fame is I, I can play, well, I've played the, the violin for 21 years. Um, uh, kind of, that one collects a little bit dust now. Like I haven't picked it up since, since Christmas. Um, and then I play more sort of viola now, um, because there's too many violins about, so I just 
I want to be cool again, so I swapped the club. Um, and so skill. viola is a slightly bigger violin, right? Yeah, so if you think about the singing voices, um, the violin would be the soprano, the viola would be the alto. And is then viola have still be... like on the shoulder? Yeah, but yeah. bigger. Yeah. It, 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 doesn't, it doesn't seem much difference, but if you hold it on the shoulder for like, I found it a lot different in terms of weight, even if it's just like a couple of hundred grams, you know. Um, and then I play the clarinet as well. Um, I've got a drum as well. And I know to play one song on the piano, just so I've got my claim to fame on that. <laughs> one song on the piano. I'm sure you can probably do more than that, eh? but... Uh, no. um, not, with, not with both hands. Not that it kind of like, looks like semi-professional. Um, okay, so yeah. Uh, oh, cats! Tell me about your cats. You got cats? I've got two. Yes, they're currently sleeping next to me because they have their dinner. And, uh, stuff. and then their names are. Uh, so I've got a ginger boy who's called Tommy, and then I've got a grey girl, and her name is Nina. Very good. Um. Okay, so is there anything else you'd like to talk about while you've got uh, the full attention of the hundreds of people on the internet? Is there, is, there, is there anything that anybody would like to hear? I mean, you were saying what, what have people been up to in, in lockdown. You obviously tried, like your new skill, I would say, is handstands, apart from the cycling. Um, you know, uh, think... obviously my other skill is podcasting. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, it's been months. Like, but, like you know. your new your new vocation rather than skill, you know. Yeah, well, look, I I really hope that this just sort of helps maybe some people who are maybe even considering coming in to see us or you in particular. Um, the aim of this is to actually have, of, of this initial series, is to have these all living on your bio pages anyway so they've got access to just kind of have a little listen to you if they want to sort of scroll through it just to kind of get a little bit of an added dimension to you to see if the yeah. match would be good. Um, so, yeah. The other thing... What else have I been doing in, in the lockdown? I kind of dove into books. Like, I do read a lot for work. And normally I'm, again, a bit lazy in that sense. I don't read personally. You know, it's much easier to switch the TV on. Um, so I kind of made a point of, I do have a TV at home, but not have Netflix. Not have a TV license anymore. Not have anything. So I just watch DVDs if I want to. Um, and forced myself on that note to to read books so i've i've read i think in the past six weeks more than i've read the whole past year in terms of just books and stuff i've read quite a few autobiographies of i tend to go for comedians or medical people so i've read sarah millican's how to be champion i've read of a um a book it's it, it's written in german like his name is hubert messner his brother is this expeditions he went to like he did all the eight thousand those mountains his brother but I've but he is a, him, yeah um and his brother is a it, like did loads of research in the prenatal stuff so i read his biology um i've read a book called um when breath becomes air um which is again about a surgeon that gets diagnosed with um cancer and he will die from it and kind of how the tables twist and how he deals with it. And I read 
also like loads of ethics and philosophy books just you know question things and and like see perspectives and such you know kudos to you you're probably one of the few people that has not got a next netflix account especially at this day and age when uh, <laughs> you know we're, we're all seemingly getting paid for sitting at home doing nothing um and the best thing we can come up with is to actually open up the next netflix account and start watching stuff you know so i have, well done, I have done an i have done an awful lot of sitting like managing the tooting clinic um so i thought i can't sit any longer i'm not a person that likes sitting as such i'm yeah. constant like that's why i love my job because i'm constantly up and up and around i cycle to work i, I move all day long um, so what, i mean t- talk to me about why or how like obviously lockdown happened we furloughed the staff and then tooting clinic was just kind of sitting there and then we kind of encouraged all of the chiropractors to kind of pick up the phone and just have a little chat to some of their people just to kind of check yeah. in on them and I'm pretty sure you were leading the way in doing that. Um, what motivated you to do that? I don't think I was leading the way. I was just like, look, let's pick up the phone. What else are you going to do? Like the first few weeks, everybody was scared. Everybody didn't know what to do. And everybody was actually just bored, you know? So I was like, why don't I just, as I normally would just chat to people and see them in the clinic and see quite a few people in the clinic. Suddenly my book has gone to zero. But that I always say, to anyone, just because I don't see you doesn't mean care stops. So I still have clients who move like to Germany or like a couple of people move to New Zealand. I still hear them. And like they still drop me an email, be like, look, I've done this. What should I do? And I said, cool, go and see a chiropractor there and maybe do this and that. You know, like I still want them to to achieve the things they, they want to do in life. And the same rule counts just because it's lockdown, you know. Just because you're staying at home doesn't mean that I'm away um that's why i was just like giving people a ring on like a fortnightly basis um have a bit of a chin whack have a cup of tea and see where it goes some people needed some advice some people just needed someone to chat to wow you know if ever you're going to wrap something up i think you've made the most uh well you know your phrase there that just because you physically stop seeing someone it doesn't mean care should end there um, but that's a great philosophy, you know, and, uh, you know, I, I, I think you're just acting, all I'm meant with you leading the way is I think you're just acting on that more than some, you know? Um, well, and- it's, it's like, I feel like this might seem weird, but like same as when I play the violin, you know, um, I always find if, if, if you pick something, it's often something picks you like, I'm going to be, I've got the same philosophy. I, I got that from my grandma, I think, but I'm never going to retire. Like, I'm a chiropractor, not because of the money earned or whatever. It's because of I'm here to serve, I'm here to help people. I like helping someone else. And yes, the reward comes with it, but it doesn't matter if, you know, if someone were to pay all my bills, I'd be like, cool, I'm happy. I'll just, I'm, I would still go in at like tomorrow that I see my first person at seven o'clock in the morning. That wouldn't change because I'm a, I'm, I'm a car the full stop. There's nothing, there's nothing to change. Uh, what did your granny do for her whole life? A lot of things, but she, <laughs> but she just never to, stopped. To, <laughs> well, she was from the generation. Like she went through, she was born 1923. By now she's dead, but 
she always wanted a restaurant. She always wanted to be with people. She always wanted to help people, similar way. And in yeah. the end, she had a bed and breakfast. She she is one of the biggest inspirations for me. Like she ran her bed and breakfast pretty much until she died. You know, yeah. um, she she worked differently and had like some people to help. But she was like, "Cool, I'm here. That's my my calling. I'll do that." Um, and she never talked about retiring. You know. She was like, cool, I have two holidays a year. When there's winter season, the skiers come. When there's summer seasons, the mountain climbers come. I sort them out. I make them breakfast. I do their beds. I organize it all. And people loved her. Like, people came to her for holidays. Literally, some, some of her guests came for, like, 45 years. Wow. So, you were part, so you were part of the family. And I think that's the cool thing for us as chiropractors because we are, we're not just, you know, like we're not in the saving life industry that you come into hospital and you need like your heart fixed or something like that. But we've got the privilege to be part of people's life as such, like that you see them on a regular basis. And with most of my clients, I know when they have a baby, when they get a puppy, what's happening when they break up with someone, when they move house and, you know, they allow you into their life. So you better appreciate it and make the effort on your end. Yeah. Well, that's probably sort of summarizes what, uh, you know, that, that, uh, the, the, the question that I asked you is why did you, so you're obviously caring for your people at a pretty deep level, uh, whether you see them face to face or whether you're just, uh, on the end of the phone to them. But, uh, anyway, well, look, thanks mate. Thanks for taking the time on this, um, lovely evening. Um, I'll, uh, I'm sure we'll hear it on the podcast land sometime soon. Um, you got any sort of parting words you want to sort of leave us with? I mean, enjoy the sunshine while it lasts and just, 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 in, I mean, I don't want to say enjoy the lockdown, but enjoy the time to yourself a bit because London is busy yeah. and London yeah. is a bit of a red race and the time out is good. Like don't, don't beat yourself up. Just, just enjoy the time by yourself a bit. And yeah, it's so nice right. it, um, to be not having the planes overhead and uh, have a little bit less traffic around and a little bit more time I think to I, be. I, th- I think it's also it's also nice not to have have the pressure of going into work, performing, doing this, doing that. To have a forced timeout for a little bit, even now that people are going back, but yeah. to figure things out and be like, look, do I want to do this? Is this what I really, really want to do? And is this what I love? Mm. It's a fairly major reboot of the whole thing, isn't it? So let's see what happens. Then. All right, mate. Oh yeah. Thanks for the chat. Um, Thank you very much for having me. Always Time happy. flies, as always. These things, I don't know, we're going to be going for about 45 minutes now. That's gone very quick. It's gone very, <laughs> very quick. All right, mate. I'll, uh, I'll be seeing you soon. Thanks again. Easy. All the best. Bye. Bye. Bye.